Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joel Craft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to have you with me another Monday evening, reflecting into this great topic of our call to witness to our faith. I'm really excited for this evening's program because... From one week to the next, as we talk about our call to witness to our faith, we always manage to make sure we are talking about certain principles of Christian spirituality and and the life of prayer. Tonight, with my guest, we are going to go through an eight-point spiritual program uh, that was first given to us by Henry Nouwen, and it will be a way of looking at approaching our our day maybe more systematically. So I do have uh, here tonight with me Tim Gannon, who is uh, uh, retired from the Air Force. Uh, he is a retired uh, instructor of philosophy. He is currently teaching uh, principles of Christian spirituality. So Tim Gannon, it is great to have you with me this evening. Thanks very much, Joe. I'm having a great time teaching the spiritual life. It's mm. the call of the moment mm-hmm. for me, and it's something that I really enjoy doing and I, I found out by accident that other people just get one or two things that they work on, and this happens to be what I'm working on now. Mm. Actually, I've been doing it for 20 years, but this has kind of turned up as an opportunity to work on it and try to get the, the word out on sure. the specifics of how to live the spiritual life. It's like in a, in a sports program, take batting, for example. The fellow watching you in batting practice can say, oh, you're dropping your shoulder, oh, you're dropping your shoulder. That's mm-hmm. why the ball isn't going where you want and very few <laughs> instructors can tell you this is what you got to do to yeah, straighten that out. Yeah. It happens more often in golf, probably. Sure. It's like you can see what's going wrong <laughs> yeah, in the golf game, yeah. but really making it yeah. right is really difficult. And I was blessed to uh, discover the eight-point program by uh, Sri Eknath Ishwaran of the Blue Mountain Center of Meditation, who consciously distilled down eight points, and he said, if you want to grow in the spiritual life, work on these eight practical things. Work on meditation, reciting the holy name, putting others first, develop uh, spiritual companions, read the mystics, give one-pointed attention to everything you do, slow down and do what you do well, and train your senses. Mm -hmm. Practice uh, restraining all of your senses. And you know, Tim, one of the things that we're going to be doing this evening is looking at those eight principles a a lot closer. It'd be important to note, too, you know, as we go through these eight points, in many ways, all of these points are are points rooted in the the, the Catholic tradition and certainly offered to us by the the great spiritual masters of our faith. And of course, all of the the great saints remind us that any spiritual program or, or any spiritual practice that we enter into that we might become better versions of who God is calling us to be is always to be anchored in the sacramental life. And I know certainly we'll be talking about this, Tim. That being said, it is interesting, Tim, because I do get the question asked a lot. So, okay, we've talked about prayer. Joe, can you show me what a day looks like? Are, are there bullet points? Are there principles? We like to have a picture of what something ought to look like so that we can strive towards that. And in many ways, what we are doing here this evening is saying, okay, this is what a day ought to look like. These are the things that we need to start thinking about to really enter more deeply into our faith and uh, enter more deeply into our sonship. With that, maybe we can uh, jump into this first one 
uh, Tim. Meditation. Yes. This, this is kind of the, the big charger, um, like charging your batteries deeply. And the form of meditation that really works for me was proposed by Teresa Avila, um, this great uh, woman mystic of the 12th, 12th century. And sh- she said, I was blessed with it by God, that it was revealed to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was simply to take the great prayers, like the Our Father, and say that prayer as slowly and as consciously as you could, maintaining the flow of the prayer. Now, in terms of ordering our lives, meditation is the best way to start the day. We become what we think about. Now, if we're thinking about our hot TV show, that's what's going to occupy our mind. But if we roll out of bed in the morning, and we're occupied with the Our Father, Mm -hmm. we're occupied by the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi, that's going to frame our thoughts for the rest of the day. That's right. That powers up the rest of the day to focus on what the Lord gave us in the Our Father, what Francis and the Franciscans gave us in the, in the prayer of uh, St. Francis. Mm-hmm. And we continue on along. Uh, Billy Graham has a particular love for the 23rd Psalm. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the great psalms to start your day with. It's the complete, this is where I am and this is where God is with me. What you'll find is if you can spend five minutes at the start, you will want to learn more prayers. Mm-hmm. You will want to learn, for example, the Beatitudes. You'll want to learn the entire Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. And it takes 20 minutes to prayerfully say the Sermon on the Mount. And, and it charges your day. It mm-hmm. reminds you, this is what I'm about. I'm about blessing. I'm a, about keeping our treasures in a, in a proper alignment. Yeah, well put, Tim. And you know, there's a couple things as you're talking that, that come to my mind. The, the first being, you know, the old proverb, what you feed grows. You know, uh, vice begets more vice and virtue begets more virtue. The more time you spend with something or someone, the more time you're going to want to spend with that thing or that person, right? right. And that's, that's such a core principle of Christian spirituality. Mm-hmm. Also, that old Chinese proverb that says, uh, the fewer interests a man has, the more powerful he is. Why? Because you can enter more deeply into that laser-like focus, And if we enter into that, along with that overarching principle of what you feed grows, then we will be more properly disposed to wake up in the morning and enter into that conversation with God by way of meditation. And I say conversation with God because we can never reinforce uh, that seminal point about prayer, that fundamentally prayer is conversation with God. You know, the Catechism defines it as an elevation of mind and heart to God. But at its core, it is conversation with God. Jean-Paul II loved to talk about this. Uh, very important. You know, in the word prayer itself, in the Latin, precari, to ask. So we are made then to, in turn, to listen. And so if we are not in that listen-response dialogue, then how are we going to know, as Christians and as Catholics, what we are about and where we are going? Yeah, and you see, meditation is this opportunity as we're setting up the Beatitudes. One of my favorite is, blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the understandings of that is, blessed are those who are single-minded, mm-hmm. who are single-minded, devoted yes. on God. Now, the interesting thing about this kind of prayer is God, in listening to us as we're going through these, every once in a while, you get a message. Yes. It goes yes. off like a depth charge. Yeah, yeah. Like, bring, <laughs> bring this single-mindedness yeah, to yeah, me, yeah, Tim. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and that's the benefit of passage meditation. You, you know what you're about. You know when you're off track. And you can bring yourself back to the track. You know, oh, I'm distracted with what's going on today. Oh, I'm working on the Beatitudes now. Mm-hmm. And then you bring it back. Mm-hmm. And it's an opportunity 
in that silence of, of saying the prayer as quietly and as slowly as you can for God to say something to you. Mm-hmm. Quieted yourself enough to, to listen. Yeah, and I think for our listening audience too, Tim, it'd be important to make this d- distinction between meditation and contemplation. In in the meditation, there is a lot of that mental inquiry going on. I mean, mm-hmm. you are asking, it's not quite that vocal prayer, mm-hmm. but there is that inquiry. With contemplation, it's more of that gaze. As one St. John Vianney once said, uh, I look at him and he looks back at me. I like to put it in the context of just a relationship in general. I have said often that I find myself falling more in love with my wife when I'm just gazing at her across mm-hmm. a room. Yes. Nothing has to be said, yeah, you know, that's and, right. and that's the beauty of contemplation. Yet in the meditation, there is, there is this inquiry, and that's right. important. You're actually, you're actually you're setting yourself up mm-hmm. for the opportunity for God to break through in yes. contemplation. Yes, Because yes. the slower you can focus on those words, you get bigger spaces between the words. Mm. And as you're focusing on the words and you're getting bigger spaces, that's the time that occasionally you find yourself in the divine presence. Mm-hmm. And everything stops. And it's, it's certainly a direct grace from God to have those moments. We sit and we look at him and he looks back at us. There's no question about that. Amen. You know, as I'm looking down at these eight principles, we've kind of touched upon two and three, I suppose. And maybe, um, Tim, we can get into in, into these a little more. By way of overview, I've kind of thought of, of this whole thing as how do athletes get ready for the game? Mm-hmm. First, they eat well. Prayer is our eating. Yes, yes. Prayer is our absolute eating. And for Catholics, the Eucharist is our, is our eating and, and gratitude to God for being present mm-hmm. to us. So, so that's our fuel. And then the last two, reading the mystics and spiritual companionship, they're our cheerleaders. When mm-hmm. we read the saints who did so much, they're the ones who cheer us on and say, you can do it, you can do it. And when we're with other spiritual companions at church, at mass, any spiritual activity, we're cheering each other on That's right. in the spiritual life. But then when we actually get into the field of play, what are we doing when we're in the middle of the game? Well, in the spiritual life, when we're in the middle of the spiritual life, we're consciously putting others first. We're consciously slowing down. Mm-hmm. We're consciously giving each person we meet one-pointed attention. And our society is big about multitasking. Yeah. But one of the things that scientific experiments are showing is the more you multitask, the worse you get, whatever yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, if right. you're trying to do two things at the same time, <laughs> neither one of them gets done very well. That's right. So just the idea, the most precious thing we give to each other is our time and our one-pointed attention. Yeah. So if we can slow ourselves down and uh, give one-pointed attention, that's when we can really connect. And I find, interestingly, when Lena, my younger daughter, was little, when she was uh, two and three, she'd want my attention. And I'd go, oh, no, she's going to want me for an hour. And yeah. I'm not going to get this work done. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And, and, and when I said, okay, slow down. Give Lena undivided attention. Mm-hmm. And I would do that. She only needed me for a minute. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she wanted the whole minute, yeah, and she yeah, wanted yeah, the undivided right. attention. For well, that and whole it, it, it really goes back to that disinterestedness. You know, mm-hmm. if, if we are stretching ourselves uh, so thin in so many different directions, right. everything else atrophies. If you think about it within the context of, of uh, weight training, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to build a muscle, you have to focus on that muscle, right? That's and correct. you put the emphasis on that muscle. Well, yeah. we're doing spiritual training here. So we That's have right. to emphasize the soul yes. and to build up the soul, yes. train the soul. One of the other uh, I mentioned earlier the mantra is kind of the, the deep charging we get for the day. But the saying of the holy name or the saying of short prayers is like our 
emergency uh, collect call to God. Yeah. <laughs> Dear God, things are not going well. I need yeah. help now. Yeah. <laughs> One uh, Catholic saint named Bernadine of Siena spent his whole life preaching. He said, simply recite the holy name of Jesus. And so when I'm going down the street and I'm agitated about all the things we get agitated about, I find that if I recite the holy name, it's like this emergency call to God. Help me slow down. Help me, help me with my one-pointedness. Help me focus. Oddly enough, I found that there was this famous surgeon in uh, Sacramento, mm. and he would do these long cancer surgeries, six- and eight-hour cancer surgeries. Mm. And my wife, Daniela, was helping him with the surgery one time, and uh, she heard him mutter. And she was like, what is he saying? He was giving himself his own mantra to stay focused on mm. the task over a mm-hmm. long period. He was mm-hmm. saying, come on, Frank, stay calm, Frank. You can do this. I know mm-hmm. you can, Frank. Mm-hmm. Well, we all the more powerfully, we have the holy name of Jesus That's to be right. with us in everything we're trying to do. So, You know, it's interesting, too, because Blessed Teresa of Calcutta, when she was asked, you know, what is your favorite prayer? And she said, is the, it is the name of Jesus. And the context that she would give was ultimately a reminder of, of her littleness, you know, because what does the word Jesus mean? You know, Yeshua, God saves. Well, God saves us from, from what? From our sins. So it, mm-hmm. it, would, it would be a reminder for her, and she would put Jesus on her lips. I mean, yes, it's a simple prayer, but this is Blessed Teresa of Calcutta. We're talking about a simple woman. And let me tell you how practical this is. When, when my daughter Lena was having trouble going to sleep, I said, let's say the holy name of Jesus together. Let us fall asleep in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And there's St. Basil talks about doing uh, just this, mm-hmm. falling asleep in the holy name. Yeah. And he said, that's how we pray always. Mm-hmm. So it was a way for my younger daughter to, to fall asleep. Amen. And, Amen. And it's something I try to remember to do as I'm falling asleep from a busy, busy day. Is yeah. To, to, to say the holy name. And it slows us down. It does indeed. It slows us down, which uh-huh. I know is, is really uh, a core principle here yes. working through this, because ultimately we are in, in constant right. go mode. Yes. We're dropping off children. We're running errands. We're picking up children. We're taking them to the ball games. We're then going to dance. We're then going to piano. We're then going to a friend's game. Uh, we then would have to get dinner ready. We hardly get dinner ready. So we go to fast food. We don't slow down. And we need to slow down. And just not in what we do, but also in, in, in how we do it. Right. The speed and the rapidity from which we move on the outside, yes, but also on the inside. Right. And in the mind and heart, we're constantly you know, thinking about other things. Right. What do I need to do next? Well, what did I fail to do? We're never, as you just spoke to, we're never really present to the moment. And right. how important is that to be present to the moment? Yes. And we can't. If we are constantly looking ahead. So the, the question isn't, you know, what can I do next? The question is, how can I make this present moment better? That's right. You know, and how we do I? so by slowing down. Exactly. And, you know, it's an odd thing. When the, when the American bishops first published the new breviary, so there was an interim breviary called the Prayer of Christians. Yes. That's what led it off. And so this is 1960-something. Mm-hmm. And it begins with, our times have become too fast. And mm. I said, oh, it hasn't slowed down yeah. any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were advocating for the prayer of Christians to slow us down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, I, and I find that when I was a craftsman, I would get in a hurry and the task would not turn out well. But if I could slow down and give one-pointed attention to the task, mm-hmm. it would come out the mm-hmm. way it was supposed to. Yes. And one of the things I learned, and it's kind of a trades thing like, isn't it funny how you didn't have time enough to do it the first time, but you always had time to do it again? 
Yes, yes. <laughs> and so rather than having to do the job twice, this is a practical way to make sure we do the job the first time, do it correctly. Amen. With mindfulness. And you know, Tim, as I'm looking down at these principles and, and this, this fourth one, giving our full attention to each task that you're talking about now, you've already mentioned the Sermon on the Mount. And I want to go back to the Sermon on the Mount as I'm thinking about this need and call to be present to one another. Our Lord, uh, in his Sermon on Trust, if you will, mm-hmm. talks about this need to, to not worry, to, right. to not be anxious. And yes. the Greek word there, when you translate it, the best translations actually do not be preoccupied. Correct. Preoccupied. We're so, I mean, this is really what we're talking about, huh? We're so preoccupied, often with things we can't even control. Exactly. You know? exactly. And so in essence, what we're talking about here is what lies at the heart of our faith. Uh, trust is the most concrete act and virtue of faith, right. Benedict XVI says. And it's so important for us to remember that, that in the end, if we are imbued with a deeper sense of faith, then everything that we are talking about up right. to this point will come more into view. Uh, we will see it for what it is. And this is what our Lord wants mm-hmm. in the Sermon on the Mount. He wants us to see things for what they are. You already mentioned, yes. blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Yes. Yes. See God in the present moment. Yes. How the present moment ought to have this kind of divine quality. Yes. You know, there's another one of the Beatitudes, um, Blessed are the meek, or they shall inherit the earth. Yes. Who are the meek, and why do they want the earth anyway? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it, it came to me uh, that the meek are the ones who see things how they really are. And once you see how things really are, you own it all. It hinges on seeing what is and being present to what is. But if I can say the mantra and focus on what do I need to do now yeah. and trust that what I need to do now is what God wants me to be doing with with my complete attention. Amen. I, and there's a practical aspect to this, Tim, right. very much so. I mean, one of the, the points you mentioned in the beginning off the top was the, the importance of uh, training our senses. Right. We need to be disciplined. You know, right. what does the word discipline mean? You know, you yeah. break that down in Latin, it means... It means to come to understand. Right. So we're not going to understand everything that we're talking about if we're not disciplined. That means there has to be practical steps that we need to take, right. which for us and for what we're about tonight is the need to train our senses, to uh, begin to remove things right. that might be getting in the way of, of seeing. Yes. yes, it's less TV, less Facebook, less Internet, less Xbox. But we all have that one thing that we are attached to, Tim, that one thing. So my challenge to our listeners tonight is, what is that one thing in your life? And ask God for the grace to die to that one thing. What, when I see somebody who tells me they don't have time to pray or they don't have time to do, the, I said, well, how, mu- how much time did you spend on television last mm-hmm. night? Uh, mm-hmm. how, how much time did you spend on the internet during the day? So we have all these distractions. And if we consciously set aside the distractions or, or say, I'm only going to look at Facebook for five minutes and mm-hmm. then off, or I'm only going to be with my email for 10 minutes. And, and usually in 10 minutes, you can see what the three important emails are and, and handle, handle them yes. and be done with them. So this conscious awareness of, I don't need to be on the internet all the time. I, need, I don't need to be check, checking to see what's going on in the world. I can check in five minutes, once in the morning and five minutes at night, mm-hmm. and I know everything that's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And that conscious withdrawing of our intention from the internet. One of the things about television is the internet has made television more available. Yeah. So you can yeah. stream all your favorite television yes. shows and see them 
you know, and so three hours, no problem, <laughs> you know, and uh, I said, okay, instead of spending three hours watching TV shows, let me spend a half an hour in the morning <laughs> praying. Let, let me make a point of going to bed at 10 o'clock, and that way I'm rested enough yeah. that I can get up. <laughs> yeah, that's spend. right. And uh, I, I know people who stay up very late at night, and I said, well, I know you got to do what you got to do, but aren't there some things that you can cut out during the day that will let you wake up early in the morning? And that's been one of the big benefits of the spiritual life and the eight-point program is it's helped me prioritize what I need to do so that I can get up at 5.30 or 6 and start the day with prayer. Uh, the discipline of training the senses and removing the, the distractions or minimizing the distractions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting, Tim. When you translate one of the names of, of the devil, it actually means uh, to distract. It's an image of, of the devil throwing something in the middle of the roads so you need to go off the path. And right. so certainly this is, this is Satan's function. So. Right. Um, the more we train our senses, uh, mm-hmm. the more we are we right. are really able to enter into that kind of laser-like focus. Right. Another aspect of this training the senses, I think that's really important, is is listening to spiritual music, um, because how it lifts our soul and really uh, encourages us and helps us enter more deeply into uh, the Christian journey, right. the Christian walk. So, while this training of senses is crowding out the noise, right. it is also including things like spiritual music right. so that our soul can breathe. Yes. You know, there, so there are, important. There are a number of spiritual writers who talk about the importance of having some good music every day. Mm-hmm. It's just like you have to have your veggies every yep, day. That's right. You need some nice music yeah. that will lift up your soul. Yep. And whether it's a station that specializes in uh, Christian spiritual music or whether it's listening to classical music. One of the gifts of the classicists is they give us order and beauty in the music. Amen. And the order and the beauty in the music lifts up our soul to God. Amen. And certainly St. Augustine was very aware of the beauty and importance of music. And once, Tim, we begin to discipline our spiritual life, what we begin to see happen is we put others first. We are now second because right. we're not constantly constantly feeding this selfish appetite. That's right. And you know, and it reflects the ser- this Sermon on the Mount when Jesus gives us the golden rule. Do unto others as you would That's have right. others do unto you. And take a look of, well, how would I want to be treated? I would want to be treated as someone important to the one I'm, you know. And so if I'm talking to somebody and they're looking at their watch, I said, oh, I guess I don't have the, the front row seat here. <laughs> so, uh, but that, that is right. As we slow down, as we, as we edge out the distractions, we're in a better place to give our full attention to whoever's talking to us and whoever's uh, needs our uh, time and attention. And I've found it a very healing thing. It's part of what I found healing mm. in spiritual direction mm-hmm. is in spiritual direction to give complete attention to the one who's talking. And I think it is so life-giving for both the giver and the receiver. Absolutely. And when that, when the receiver receives that full attention, they want to in turn offer that poignant attention to, yeah. to the person that, yeah. that they are talking to. And yeah. so, again, it goes back to that principle of what you feed grows, yes, really. Right. And that's why what we're talking about is so important, because the more you do any of these one things, the more it's going to open us up to Jesus Christ yes. and how to be a, a better yeah. steward of our Christian faith. One of the ways Daniela and I do this is when we go to a restaurant, Instead of ordering what I want, 
He says, how about if you order from me, honey? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my wife and I have done that a few times. It didn't always go over so well. That's right. <laughs> but, but it's great spiritual yeah. training, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not all training is bad. <laughs> yeah. So you talk about your, your wife, Tim, your spiritual companion. We all, for those of us who are married, we have our spouses, you know, maybe we have a brother or, or a sister as a spiritual companion who might help us in our faith. But we do need to look beyond our family circle to degree. You know, the, the right. family is, is the cell to society, so it always starts right. there, always, first and foremost. But we do need to start looking at right. building up relationships, friendships, because that's what our Lord did. Yes. You know, yes, that's what our Lord did. He, yes. he, he ministered one by one to his 12, and then they went on to minister to others. So mm-hmm. we need to really enter into that and friendship. You know, Pope right. Francis in his work, Joy of the Gospel, really put an emphasis on this personal accompaniment. Now, that was in the context of evangelization, but within that, he really uh, put an emphasis on the importance of friendship. And as it relates to this need to find spiritual companions, Tim, getting involved in our local parish is widely important. And just not being one who's, who's... waiting on the sidelines or the margins. You know, we, we go to our local pastors and we say, you know, nothing's going on in the parish. Well, why aren't we the one initiating uh, this fellowship night or that fellowship night? We need to ask ourselves new questions so that we might begin to enter into that new beginning that our Lord is calling us into. Also, and I know this has been of great value for many of my friends, is to read spiritual works. Yes. There's that great book, um, My Sisters, the Saints, yes. written by who's a I can't Michelle, remember. Her name. I, I think her name's Michelle Campbell. My Sisters, Saints, yeah. and it's all about these women saints who really yeah. showed her yeah. as sisters in Christ how to become a, a, a better version of who right. God is calling right. her to be. Another one who came. This is very recently published. Father Capuan, mm. soldier and saint. Yes, yes, and yes. This this is his, this man has been hidden virtually since the Korean War, mm-hmm. and the people who served with him have advocated from the time they came back from captivity to the present time that he be awarded the Medal of Honor and that his cause for sainthood be put forward because he reached out as a chaplain and as a soldier all during his time to make life better for his fellow soldiers. And then he had the opportunity to escape capture and he chose to stay with the wounded and tend the wounded and be captured by the North Koreans Mm. and uh, again give aid and comfort to his fellow soldiers, not only in their physical needs, but in in their spiritual need. Here's a man who chose to stay, become captured, and serve the needs of uh, of his fellow soldiers. Amen. And and died uh, doing that. The the Koreans could not stand, and so they took him uh, aside and they and let him die on yeah. concrete. What happens, Tim, when you read stories like this? Yeah. I mean, it, it leads to the question, where do they get uh, their strength? Yeah. You know, where does it come from? How are we spending our time? Yeah, exactly. You know, how are we going about our day? That's the bottom line. Right. You know, if you were to think about it, I like to put things in, in certain contexts, if yeah. you will. There's 1,440 minutes in a day. Mm-hmm. We roughly sleep away 440 minutes. Researchers mm-hmm. actually tell us it's a little more, a little bit more than that now, mm-hmm. so maybe yeah. 900 <laughs> minutes. 900 minutes in a day. Uh-huh. Now, if I'm courting someone, Tim, mm-hmm. I better be spending more than 15 or 20 minutes with right. that person if I'm going to really enter into a dynamic relationship with that person. How many minutes are we spending with our beloved, our Lord Jesus right. Christ? Right. Are we at 45 minutes, 100 minutes? How about 200 minutes? 
You know, if we are entering into the formal prayer, uh, certainly meditation, yeah. uh, as Catholics, you know, the sacramental life of the Church, mm-hmm. first and foremost, the Mass. You mentioned the breviary early. If you are doing these kinds of prayers, yeah, that's the formal prayer. That forms and informs the rest of your day. You know, I get asked the question, well, how do you spend 300 minutes with Jesus Christ when you've got so much to do? Well, first of all, A, what have you already talked about? Slow down. But if you are starting your day in prayer, then our Lord will form and inform. And as we talked about, Tim, put the name of Jesus on your lips. When we want to pray always, we don't have to drop everything we do, but we can make each act a present Mm -hmm. to the Lord. And this, I guess this is Teresa of Avila's. Mm-hmm. No, 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 excuse me, Teresa of the Sioux. Yeah, St. Teresa of the uh, Say, make every little act an act of worship to, the, to Jesus. Amen. Every act you do during the day, you do it consciously for Jesus. And in between from act to act, you have the short prayers to ask Jesus, what is it I'm supposed to be doing now? Amen. <laughs> what's, the, what's the next now? Yeah, yeah, amen. I like that. What's the next now? So by way of uh, wrap up here, Tim, I don't know if you had any closing thoughts. Yes. I know eight points sounds like too much. Sounds really complicated. Yeah. That's what my son told me. Dad, this is too much stuff. And I <laughs> said, Joe, just do one. Just do one, Joe. Mm-hmm. And at, by way of example, there's this, this famous judo player. He was one of our first Olympians, uh, mm. Paul Mariyama. Mm. He said... In judo, yes, there's 70 throws, but when you master one throw, mm. all the rest come. Mm. If you master one, so if the, all you can do is recite the holy name of Jesus, the rest of them are going to come up. Yeah. You're going to slow down. You're going to give yeah. one point to detention. You're going to spend time with those who love you and those who don't love you. The main thing, yeah, eight points sounds complicated, but the fact is work on one. Mm-hmm. Just start with one Amen. and the rest will follow. Well put, Tim. I think we'll uh, we'll close with that thought. Thanks. For joining me this evening. It was a lot of fun having you, Tim, and certainly I think I'll uh, be asking you to come join me again. I, I enjoy this a lot. I, I do too. It's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> Amen. Let's close in prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.